0: Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. I want to thank you so much for being with us, for tuning in for another episode of Season 2. Today we have something a little bit different. We are continuing our Daniel series. Uh, Last time we were in Daniel Chapter 7, we finished that chapter of, of Daniel's vision of the four beasts and what it meant And today we are going to be talking about Daniel chapter 11. I know it's a little bit out of order, but we had a guest come in, uh, Pastor Tim Rosenberg. He presented at our church a series of meetings. It was a 10-day series on Daniel chapter 11. And while he was here, I grabbed him and asked him if he would be willing to share with our listeners a 15-minute version of his... Ten night seminar. So obviously, there's a whole lot more that he covered that he couldn't cover in fifteen minutes. But this gives us a broad overview of Daniel chapter eleven. It's a chapter that a lot of people don't understand. There are so many theories, and uh, Tim Rosenberg has one of those theories that are that are um, one of the prominent theories on Daniel chapter eleven, and it's titled "Islam and Christianity in Bible Prophecy." So. Here is my interview with Pastor Tim Rosenberg. Tim, welcome to the show.
1: It's good to be here with you.
0: And uh, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What, what kind of has the journey that God has been leading you on?
1: Well, I've been a pastor for many years. And back in 2011, after about nine years of study on Daniel 11, I transitioned from being a full-time pastor to full-time prophecy seminar presenter, traveling mostly North America, but several continents beyond that. Wow,
0: wow! So, what's what's your background? What, um, where are you from originally?
1: Originally, I am from, born and raised in Michigan. I've been in multiple states since Texas. Arkansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Idaho, Ohio, South Dakota. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A very typical pastor's life then. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I don't want to take up too much time on this because I do want to get into Daniel 11 and, and kind of some viewpoints in that. And I know that'll take a lot of time. Um, but I do want our listeners to kind of get to know you a little bit. And a very interesting question when it comes to pastors or anybody who's involved in ministry is what kind of lit that spark for you? What was, what was your call to ministry? What, what made you make that decision to, to devote the rest of your life to sharing the gospel with people?
1: I felt called to ministry for some time. I resisted it strongly. I actually took classes in college to be a pastor, but then made sure whenever they did interviews, I left the campus. <laughs> <laughs> I was successful in avoiding getting an invitation to be a pastor. <laughs> and uh, I went out and started my own business, mm-hmm. uh, custom cabinet and, other, and construction business. Okay. And I'd grown up in that. I knew it well. And God did not leave me alone. And he finally got me to the bis- position that said I would even pay for my own way to go to the seminary and become wow. a pastor. And the next day, I got an invitation to be sent to the seminary and be a pastor.
0: Wow. Wow, that that's that very. The fight. <laughs> <laughs> that is very. Uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, God doesn't seem to speak very clearly anymore. But that is definitely a place where God spoke clearly.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I made the decision in an airplane. Wow. Directly over the committee that was meeting, <laughs> they they made the decision the same day I did. It wow. just was a day later that yeah. I got the invitation. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well,
0: God works very mysteriously (laughs) and very blatantly sometimes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So then you were a pastor then for for quite a few years. What what kind of led you into studying Daniel 11?
1: Well, I've always been interested in Bible prophecy because Bible prophecy is about when Jesus comes back. And when I fell in love with Jesus, I want to see him come back. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to learn everything I could about it. And then back in 2002, I was reading an email from a guy, and he said he just thought papal-led Christianity and Islam were going to join together and make the Antichrist power united in that way. And I thought, oh, come on, they're like polar opposites, north and south. And when that thought went through my mind, the Holy Spirit kind of hit me with, okay, you know that chapter you don't know well? Go look at it, Daniel 11. Hmm. And when I did with that thought just in my mind, north and south all of a sudden I realized the history matched perfectly mm. of the Islam-Christian, papal-Christian conflict between verse 23 and verse 45 of Daniel 11. And I, even though I knew history, I'd been told it was something else. And when I finally looked at it with a fresh open mind... I realized it was a perfect fit for the history.
0: Wow. And and I'll just speak from my personal experience. Daniel eleven is not a chapter we talk a whole lot about. I mean in my undergraduate in my theology program, I had two classes that we talked about Daniel and both times we got to Daniel eleven and the professor was kind of like, Well, there's a bunch of theories about Daniel eleven, let's move on. (laughs) That was about the extent of my training in Daniel eleven. So
1: what you should know is any theory that teaches something on Daniel eleven and you have to change the rules partway through the chapter is somewhat suspect. Yeah. Number two, if it's not in harmony with Daniel 7, Daniel 2, and Daniel 8, mm-hmm. this is all repeat and large. If it's not in harmony with those it's broken the pattern of daniel mm, mm-hmm.
0: and as you listeners know we've been going we've covered already daniel 2 and 7 and we've looked at the succession of kingdoms starting with babylon medo persia greece Ro- and rome etc and uh, and actually in our last program we were talking about the little horn power in daniel 7 we realized looking through history that that was um the papal power so
1: which is the same as the king of the north in the last part of Daniel eleven. So why don't you just go ahead and and I know we don't have a whole lot of time and
0: you've you've been doing this in ten presentations this week. Um, you're going to be going through Daniel eleven, but just kind of give give us the cliff notes version okay. of Daniel eleven in the next ten minutes or eight minutes.
1: <laughs> in Daniel eleven verses twenty five to twenty nine or or through twenty eight, you have a description of the Crusades. At, the fall or the breakup of the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire splits into two parts, north and south. The northern Mediterranean goes Christian, the southern Mediterranean goes Islamic, Jerusalem gets caught in the middle. This is just like the Greek split, mm-hmm. uh, which also split north and south in Daniel 11. Then verses 29 to 39 describe the time of the Ottoman Empire and the Reformation. And it describes some very historic events that are very clearly explained in there. And so you then have the second conflict between Islam and Christianity. The first one was the Crusades. Now it's the Ottoman Mm -hmm. Empire and the Holy League from the papal side. And then in verses 40 to 45, you have the third and final conflict or holy war between the two. Mm -hmm. And uh, back in 2011, uh, when I wrote my first edition of the book, uh, I said there's a day coming when radical Islam will push against or attack the papacy in such a way that the papacy will once again call for war like it did at the crusades and the holy league the united states would be the military enforcer for the papacy radical islam would be destroyed and moderate islam would follow papal-led christianity and there would be a small number of muslims and a small number of christians that would actually join together to follow jesus in the bible
0: Hmm.
1: now nothing had happened in over 100 years in Daniel 11, but since we'd the Pali- an Empire.
0: But we'd already had a cycle of two yes. out of the three, and so it's logical to think that and, that would happen And so happen all again. I
1: was doing is looking at the prophecy and saying, if it is fulfilled in the same patterns it has been before, mm-hmm. this is what you can expect. Then, in the summer of 2014, the Islamic State was declared. Hmm. On the very first day, they said that they would be; they were out to conquer Rome. A direct target against the king of the north. Wow. King of the south is when you have a caliph that has both political and spiritual power. King of the north, the pope, has both political and spiritual power in their spheres of influence. They both want to control the world. When you have both of these in existence, there's not room for one of them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And uh, so on day one of the caliphate coming back into existence, they were out to take down the pope. Wow. And my question quickly was, well, how long will it take the Pope to call for war? He's the man of peace, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it took five and a half weeks. That's all it took. Wow. And on August 7, 2014, the Pope called for military action against radical Islam. The very next day, Obama, the president of the U.S., says the U.S. is coming to help. And within 36 hours of the papal call for action, the U.S. was bombing Islamic State. Wow. So there, in just under two months... Was one, two, and three of what to expect in Daniel 11 in sequence, Mm -hmm. and then you have radical Islam will be overthrown and moderate Islam will follow. Papal led Christianity. Um, You have that happening. Trump was elected, and he said that he, and during the campaign, that he would eradicate radical islam and he would do it very very swiftly and viciously daniel evans says it happens like a whirlwind mm-hmm. and when he was in his inauguration addressed he again he's saying he was going to eradicate radical islam from the face of the earth and so that's the next thing up and that's what he said about working on he also on his first foreign trip headed to Saudi Arabia, where the king of the south, Islam, comes from. He went to Israel, the one caught in the middle, and then he went to the Vatican, where the king of the north comes from. He said his goal was to put together a groups to fight against radical Islamic terrorism. And his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, began working with Mohammed bin Salman, known as MBS, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. And now the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia is trying to... Um, put together a coalition of what would be considered moderates to fight against radical Islam with the United States and papal-led Christianity on that side. Wow. Now, you may think, Saudi Arabia, weren't they involved in 2001 and all this kind of stuff? Well, he's out Mm. to prove he's changed. Mm. And uh, his definition of radical Islam is really very simple, and I've now adopted it, and that is... Radical Islam are those Muslims who want to establish a caliphate by force, a religious empire and political empire by military force. He says the time for that is past. And so the moderate Muslims are those like him who are saying no Muslim empire by force. Mm-hmm. And so the Brotherhood, Al Qaeda, and all these want an Islamic State, want a Muslim empire by force. But so does Turkey and Iran. And he calls them the evil triangle, Turkey, Iran, and the Islamist, all these other small groups that are Mm. wanting a caliphate by force. And so you now have the lines drawn exactly as expected in the prophecy. Wow. Wow. And so the other exciting thing is the last group, God's pouring out dreams and visions in the Muslim world, and we have hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of Muslims accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Wow. And um, following Jesus and the Bible as their authority. Expecting to see Jesus as their judge and their king. Hmm. I mean, this is all wrapping up. And folks, whoever you are, my challenge is Not to be afraid, but make sure you're trusting in Jesus Christ. Because if you're trusting in Jesus, you're about to be rescued from the big mess in this world. He's coming, and he's coming soon. And if you're ready for him, it's going to be the best day of your life. Wow. Wow. Yeah,
0: and that's that's the exciting part, because this whole prophecy, like you mentioned at the beginning, your whole reason for getting into prophecy is that Jesus is coming soon, and that that's what everything points towards.
1: You know, Pastor, way too many people are afraid of prophecy because mm-hmm. it's scary. It's not scary if you're getting delivered.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. <Absolutely>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so that... If you're afraid of Bible prophecy, focus in on Jesus and start looking him at your deliverer. Then it's going to become good news. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's really, really exciting, and that, and that is why I enjoy prophecy because that's where it
1: points towards. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we had to update our books instead of it being future, we had to take and look back at a whole lot of this stuff now, had, went from future tense to past tense on a lot of the things that were wow. expected. Wow. So it, it wasn't that the book was inaccurate. It was just really accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's incredible.
0: I absolutely love what Pastor Tim said about if you are scared of Bible prophecy, focus in on Jesus. You know, everything points to him And uh, like he said, prophecy isn't scary if you're the ones getting delivered. And that's what prophecy does. It points to Jesus coming. It points to the deliverance of his people. And I'm just so excited because we have the opportunity to be part of God's people and to fall in love with him more and more each day. And prophecy just shows us that he's a God that can be trusted And as we look around the world today, we can see that um, through all the craziness that's going on, God still is in control. And that's good news. Well, next week, we have a special episode. It was edited by Pastor Lloyd Schomburg, who was um, the previous host of this program. Um, Before I became pastor in Lawrenceburg, he was the pastor here. And he edited a special program um, remembering Dr. Henderson um, pieced together a lot of the, the episodes that, um, that he had done with him and uh, sharing Dr. Henderson's story. So next week, I'm going to go ahead and, and put that here on the podcast as well. So we'll have a special tribute to Dr. Norman Henderson. Here is a preview of that episode.
1: I'd never heard of Lawrenceburg before, never been in the South before. So it was quite a culture shock for me. But the Lord said that's what he had planned for me. He didn't want me to take an OBGYN residency. So sometimes the Lord says no to my plans. That's why I came and landed here in Lawrenceburg.
0: I'm excited to share this tribute with you of Dr. Norman Henderson next week, right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. Uh, We have great news. We are now on Spotify as well. So you can follow us, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or now Spotify. You can find links to all of those on our website at faithandhoperadio.com. On Facebook, we're at Faith and Hope Radio. Uh, Music, as always, was provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you, and I'll talk to you next week. But in the meantime, have faith and hope.